Hello and welcome back to Life in North Dallas. We're your hosts, Louis Manto and Eric Manto. Our goal as a channel is to share the most current and exciting North Dallas market trends, quality of life experiences, and areas of interest so that we can be your go-to experts in North Dallas. Come with us as we explore the communities, lifestyles, and people living right here in North Dallas. All right, here we go. We are live in living color in beautiful Prosper, Texas, at the top of Children's Health Stadium. Today we have what I would consider, not to gush too much, but Prosper Salina royalty in our midst. No doubt. She is a very special guest today, and having gone K-12 through and Prosper myself, she's been a huge part of my life. Um, just to start, she's a mother to two beautiful children and wife to David. She earned her Bachelor of Science in Interdisciplinary Studies from the University of North Texas, as well as her Master's in Educational Administration. She completed her Doctorate in Educational Leadership from Texas A&M University Commerce, where her research focused on North Texas women leaders' ascension into the superintendency. Her career in education began in 1998 as a teacher right here in Prosper ISD. After taking a short time off to raise her family, she returned to education and taught and joined the administration in Frisco ISD. She later came back to Prosper, where she became a principal at Rucker Elementary and then Rogers Elementary, before transitioning into district leadership levels. She served as an executive director of curriculum and learning services, assistant superintendent of curriculum, and associate superintendent, all within Prosper ISD, before being appointed superintendent in the summer of 2020 after receiving a strong recommendation from the previous superintendent, Dr. Watkins. Throughout her career, she has been recognized for leadership and contributions to the field of education. Uh, one, but not limited to, she was the Texas Technology Superintendent of the Year. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Prosper ISD's Superintendent, Dr. Holly Ferguson. The crowd goes crazy. I wonder who those people are. This is amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank well, you for welcome, coming on. Welcome. This is... Uh, a treat for us, for sure. I mean, you know, we've no known you for a very long time and gotten to see your ascendancy to the uh, highest levels here in Prosper, Texas, which uh, we have nothing but uh, love for you and all the things you're doing, which is amazing. Absolutely. Of course, my wife, Sharon, made sure she said, get her autograph, do something so <laughs> she knows I'm still here type of thing. But welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great. We've had a, a chance to talk with our three high school principals, Nick Jones, yep. Dustin Toth, and uh, Terry Mouton yesterday. So, you know, having you here to kind of round that all out and to fill in, you know, all those little blanks about Prosper ISD and its growth, uh, you know, that's why we have you here today. So, you know, again, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be a fun time for Absolutely. sure. This is a fun time. And, you know, as we drive around town today, I, you know, I, I turn corners yeah. and I see schools. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when did they build that school? Where did that school come from? <laughs> you know, we are, we, how many schools do we have today? Just out of curiosity. So we have 21 campuses um, and wow. the, that does not account for our services. So transportation, um, administration, all of that. But 21 campuses that serve our 25,000 plus students. 25,000 oh students. It seems like only <laughs> yesterday we were at 14,000 students. This that is was, true. I mean, it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I saw the line forming to the right, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and exactly. I know we recently opened up the um, 
Brenda Calhoun, early childhood. That will actually oh, wow. open in August of 23. So August we'll have four okay. projects that will open. So we'll have Liliana Elementary, Christie Elementary, Walnut Grove High School, which we expedited by a year. Thank mm-hmm. you, Cross-Variety mm-hmm. School Board. And then Brenda Calhoun, early childhood school. So we only wow. opened, which this sounds kind of weird, but we only opened one facility last year, and that was Hall Elementary. Wow. Wow. So, of course, Joyce Hall, another another family friend and uh, yeah. you know we today get to see Thomas quite a bit he belongs oh, yes. to one of our networking groups he's doing great things and Joyce Italian of course Italian leather goods yes amazing that he's making and Lewis uh, you know Mrs. Calhoun was your first was. or second grade teacher if I'm not mistaken is that right she was she was one of my favorite teachers she wow. was amazing so really nice that we can honor these teachers mm-hmm. and educators in our district so uh, what's on the horizon we're at 21 campuses today you know where are we going So we are going uh, big, right? (laughs) Uh, That's what we do in Prosper, and everything is done with just an incredible level of excellence and commitment to providing to our students, our parents, and certainly our staff that are truly the heartbeat Mm. and the backbone of the school district. Mm. So at Build Out, we'll have about 50,000 students, so we're about halfway through, halfway through what they're projecting (laughs) for us. We will have 20 to 25 elementaries, 11 to 13 middle schools, and 5 to 6 high schools when it's all said and done. So that'll land probably around 2029, 2030, somewhere around there. So, gosh, we're going to double in size again in the next seven years, basically. That's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And it's, it's amazing to think about what's happened in this small town especially being somebody who grew up in the area and knowing that there was absolutely nothing here, right? There was the Eagle's Nest on <laughs> yes. Preston Road, yep. which you'd have to be here for a certain amount of time to know that that was the Eagle's <laughs> Nest yep. and right. uh, the school district. And that was about all you wow. found in Prosper and a lot of farmland. And now we look around and there's rooftops everywhere. There's the gates of Prosper and many other hmm. fabulous things to come. So, you know, we know that people don't just move to an area, to a town from out of state or within the area just because they built a house there, right? I mean, there's got to be an excellent reason to come to a town like this. And, you know, certainly our ISD has continued to exhibit, you know, all the things you want in a great ISD. You know, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you feel like attracts people to come to Prosper. The one thing that I love about Prosper and what has kept me here for so long is that whenever we do something and we commit to it, we're going to commit to the highest standard and the highest expectation to really provide our kids something that's world class. Mm. And I think that that's what has really drawn people in because they see the programs and what we offer through our staff um, and it makes them want to be here. It's all about the story. And we have so many people who tell the story of Prosper ISD and what a special place it is, and that draws people in. Uh, We have amazing facilities, and they're beautiful, but at the end of the day, they're just a facility without the life of it, which is the staff and the students. And our parents want that. They want their kids to be known. They want them to feel extra special and that they belong and that they can get any opportunity that they would ever want. And we truly have that. I mean, obviously, we have... A lot more growth to come, which means that every kid that walks in the door brings a new opportunity, maybe Mm -hmm. something we haven't thought about Mm -hmm. before. And that's something that's exciting about the growth. A lot of people ask, they're like, how do you keep up with the growth? How do you do this? But it's really an engine that drives innovation because Mm -hmm. every time a kid comes in from somewhere else or a family walks in from somewhere else, they'll usually say, do you have this? Because it's something that their child was connected to 
where they're coming from. And so then it gets our wheels to turning about how do we make that opportunity to be provided here. I had a moment last week of one of those, an example of that very thing. We had a student that moved here from Nevada um, her sophomore year. Her parents moved her across you know, several states and said, we're moving to Prosper ISD. <laughs> she had been very involved in JROTC. Mm. Uh, they had an 18-year program that had been developed there, wow. and she got here and there was no JROTC. Mm. And so now she's a senior, and this is our first year of having JROTC, and she talked so beautifully about the experience and how thankful she was that she landed here and how she's been able to lead and really help get our program on a trajectory of being that excellent program that she had that was established 18 years prior. But she said, I never thought in a million years that I would have this here, but I just know JROTC. So she's enlisted and will actually be going to boot camp in July. Wow, that's Um, exciting. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool deal when you get to hear those stories and know that those opportunities even though you didn't know it was going to impact someone in such a profound way, but it came at just the right moment for her. And, you know, the the other, I think, huge part of that conversation is that, you know, you could certainly have heard her say, oh, you were in JRT. That's nice. You know, now what, right? And do nothing about it. But to be able to act on it and not just, well, you know, we can factor that in five years from now. I mean, it seems like you're able to act very quickly on establishing that program and getting it off the ground, you can't start until you start. So you start somewhere and it'll continue to grow. And I, I know getting the opportunity to announce football games and basketball games, you know, having those ROTC kids coming on the field, doing the flags, you know, that's great. Yeah, We love that stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, how are you able to act so quickly on those kind of things? That's an amazing Prosper ISD school board and a supportive community who says go after it. I also mm. want to give a shout out to the Prosper Education Foundation mm. Every year I go and I do a proposal for programs, innovation, scholarships, anything that we can do to just make the experience of a child better and prosper ISD. And that was one of my asks. I asked for $50,000 to help offset the cost of JROTC. And without a doubt, without even a thought, they're like done and done because they know that the kids are wanting that. And it's something we've been working on for quite some time, but to actually see it come to fruition like it's a dream come true. And then when you hear the story of a child through what it's done for them, there's nothing better. But we have to stay on top of those things because our kids are coming fast. I mean, 3,300 additional students, which means 3,300 additional students with dreams Mm. that are far exceeding what we have right now. So how do we make those things happen as quickly as we can, but also keeping that high standard of excellence in place and not letting that fall as you're trying to develop these things? Because we could put things on the ground, but it could be really sloppy and not really well done. And then that would be a complete flop, which is not what we want. So we have to really be very meticulous. But it goes back to the great people that we have doing great work for kids that are truly passionate. You've gotten to speak with three of our principals. And the key is always who are the great leaders that are leading those campuses. And then how much passion and innovation do they have in them to really make those dreams come true. And we've got the best of the best. No That's doubt. Awesome. I mean, having having an opportunity to spend some time with each of those uh, gentlemen, I mean, it's, it's evident they have a true love of education, love of kids, and, you know, they want the best for their campus. So, you know, that's exciting. You know, I know when Lewis and Phil and Nick were in school, I mean, it was, it was a different environment. You know, it was a small town going through some growing pains here and there. But, you know, all in all, I think it's always been a trajectory of 
you know, growth and making it the best it can be. And, you know, Lewis, I think, had a great experience. Would, would you agree with that, Lewis? Uh, I, I definitely agree with that, right? And uh, <laughs> Prosper's always had a a very uplifting and, and wonderful culture, and we've always strived to have excellent students and students who go above and beyond and are in extracurriculars and all different kinds of things. And I think that really is attributed to great people like you and Dr. Watkins before you, right? Just building that standard here in Prosper. And what are, what are some things that you do to empower teachers to go and, and keep that standard and, and make them feel like they can keep that standard in students and grow that love of learning and things like that? It's being present and being visible, right? Um, sometimes when you become a superintendent or you get into a position, it, people all of a sudden no longer you get kind of dehumanized, right? There's this disconnect yeah. that you're a mom, that you're a wife, that you were a teacher. And so I try to do my my best to really stay committed and to know the story of our staff. I spend mm. about three days a week, actually, right before I came to the podcast, I was with another leader in our district, and so I have someone who rides shotgun with me, right? So we <laughs> yep. can have a, a meeting on the road, and then we go out to campuses. So those are already on wow. my schedule to really be able to walk in and out of classrooms and connect with staff. Obviously, you all probably know riding on each of the teachers' uh, whiteboards mm-hmm. before the school year begins, and Absolutely. that's a, a really humbling experience because when you walk into every single space where a child is going to learn and a teacher and staff are going to be working, it really gives you perspective on what we're providing to them, right? And so wow. keeping that standard high, because if you walk into a room and you're thinking, I wouldn't want to teach in here, I wouldn't want to work in here, then I have to make adjustments based on that. But you have to be present and you have mm. to to know what that environment is. But it's also humbling because you get to see what's most important to them in life because you can always go to one small corner in that classroom mm. and there's pictures of their families, notes from kids that they've taught in the past, the things that mean the most to them. And being able to have that quiet time just to see that, it it really is humbling to know like wow. how fabulous our people are and that they have a life too beyond here and people that yeah. are depending on them. So that makes you also, that's a driver to go keep that standard high because you want to keep those great people here. No doubt. And, you know, Texas, uh, I think, runs their school systems a lot differently than a lot of the other, you know, states around the country, right? Correct. I mean, when we lived in the D.C. area, you know, Sharon taught in a county school system, right? There were 21 mm-hmm. high schools and, you know, the same amplified number of middle and elementary schools. And, you know, we never saw or heard of Dr. Vance coming around and writing on a chalkboard or a whiteboard to say, (laughs) hey, have a great year. No, you know, they're very disconnected, like you said. And I'm sure as we grow, it'll be harder and harder. But, you know, you seem to be everywhere all the time, which is impressive. Yes. And uh, how do you manage to be in so many places? Let me ask you that. So the calendar is key. I will tell you that and an amazing administrative assistant who makes sure I'm hustling to the next thing. I always say this because people are like, gosh, you're everywhere. Um, I don't think I would want to do the job any different. And the moment that I stop wanting to be at those events with kids, whether it's the beginning of the day or the end of the day or the middle of the day, I think that's when I need to step away. And that's what Mm. Dr. Watkins really instilled in me. Very fortunate that I got to work with him for 14 years mm. prior to becoming a superintendent to wow. really learn kind of the the trade and, and what makes the difference. And it's always the small moments that add up to the big moments. And what 
what else would you want to see than be at these events at the end of the day to see kids at their greatest level of success, what truly connects them to the school more than anything? Last night I was at Rock Hill Girls Soccer, mm -hmm. and watching those girls play, it just, right, that's why they're coming to school. Most kids don't say, hey, I'm coming to school because of my English class. Doesn't <laughs> mean they don't love their English teacher, sure. but the driver that's keeping them connected is culinary or welding or the solar car that I was just watching being constructed <laughs> at Wow. Rock Hill High School, and they're going to drive that to California this summer, right, for their competition. Yeah. And, yeah. and those moments, those are the things, like, if, if you can't hold on to that, then the job just becomes a job. It doesn't become a job with impact. And I think that my job is to stay connected to the impact on the lives of our kids and our staff and the community. Wow. That's, that's got to resonate with parents when they meet you for mm -hmm. the first time, right? I think your passion comes through very, you know, transparently. So we appreciate that. And golly, it's no all the things that the kids are, kids are able to do in this district is, you know, just unbelievable. And we've talked again with the principals and they say, you know, you may not see these types of these applications, if you will, of solar cars or engineering or what have you, even the culinary arts is phenomenal mm -hmm. until you're well along in your college collegiate career, right? So you know, kudos again for keeping them all. It must be, it's like pushing a car uphill. If you stop, it's going to run you over, right? But we seem to be able to keep putting better and better programs in place. And I can only imagine what we have in store at Walnut Grove coming this year yes. that, you know, yeah. there's going to be even more of that to, uh, to do. So uh, in the next year or two, I guess we're going to open Daniel Jones Middle School, yes. right? That'll be exciting. I can only imagine what Mr. Jones's head feels like today. <laughs> I keep telling him you better uh, slow down a little bit, but... You know, what kind of interesting things in the middle schools, you know, we don't talk a lot about those in general, but what kind of programs are we offering in the middle school level these days? So we actually have quite a few high school credit courses that mm. sit at our middle schools. And one thing that we want to do is make sure that we're providing equitable education to our students across all middle schools. So you're going to see <laughs> the same programs that you would see at Rushing or at Hayes, those same types of courses, but you're going to see a lot more of the high school credit. Mm. Um, rather through our career and technical education, you'll see those things through math, foreign languages. And so you see more of a push with our students to be able to create and do more. I was just in a second grade classroom today and a, a child or a group of children, they were writing a book and then animating it. And I'm, mm. I just had a moment of thinking like, how in the world and what will the, that second grader be like when they're in high school? Like, what are their capabilities? Yeah. And the sky is truly the limit. And it's just, it's inspiring to know what our kids can do. And I wish that I could take every parent, every community member behind the scenes to really see what's happening in our schools. Because sometimes the story that's out there on social media well, it's not sometimes, it is the fact. It is not the reality of what's happening within our, our schools. And um, no I'm inspired every single time. And I love taking other leaders with me today. I was with Miss Brantley, who's been in our district for quite some time. <laughs> uh, yes. But she was like, thank you so much, because I forget sometimes that these great things are going on because of what my job pushes me to do. And she mm. said to be able to see kids in action and in the middle of programs and just excelling at high levels it's incredible yeah, one thing absolutely. I want to add and I know that both of you will really love this and then anybody that's been in this district for any amount of time you brought up Walnut Grove so we'll have a full functioning restaurant in Walnut Grove just like we do at uh, Rock Hill and we called oh, it yeah. Hilltop Cafe and I know the two of you are well aware that we lost one of our greatest educators of all time Tim Hardy mm -hmm. um, and that was a, a really huge loss for our district mm. But um, 
Hardee's is going to open at Walnut Grove, the restaurant. Wow. Um, and so that's going to be called Hardee's. And so I, I would invite both of you to come and have lunch with me. Wow. And uh, have a little, you know, a great meal in Hardee's. I, my vision is and my dream is that we have pictures of Coach Hardy and his family and um, his greatest line ever, which is a line that stands true today is every day Today's is a holiday. holiday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everybody knows it. So pretty cool that we get to honor. And that's one thing that I love about being in Prosper for so long is that, you know, those stories, you know, the history, you know, the people that built this place, Tim Hardy, Brenda Calhoun, Joyce Hall, yeah. they built this place. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, again, have to, <laughs> I have to reiterate that, you know, it was, it was Tim whom I can blame for recommending me to be uh, you know, the voice <laughs> the of voice. Prosper football years Absolutely. ago when, you know, I did the FFL stuff over there in, in uh, Warren Park for, you know, Nick and Phil's games. And he said, hey, I know a guy that can do that. And when Mr. <laughs> Hill, I think Bill Hill was doing the games at, at the old stadium and I got to step in when I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, of course, I've been on a microphone forever, so it wasn't my first time. But, no. you know, having now gotten to do that for about 19 years, you know, I, I thank him every day for that because it's truly a, a, a blessing to me. And and his oh, yeah. family, of course, has just been an integral part of ours as well. We've, he and then he, no his doubt. son, you know, Brian and Philip were best buds for years and years. And oh, yeah. Center and quarterback. Center and quarterback team. for yeah. all, the, all those years. So we can't wait to visit Hardee's here. Yeah. When it opens we'll have to up. go to no lunch and Absolutely. check it out. It'll be really Absolutely. neat, but that's a, it's a great way to keep his story alive right and prosper because yeah. kids that are in that culinary program or at walnut grove high school they'll want to know who tim hardy was and why are these pictures in here and yeah. why does it say every day is a holiday and exactly so we get to tell that story over and over again mm. which i just love because i i think the world of tim hardy and certainly his family was oh yeah uh, a record today and courtney hardy is oh, our goodness. school nurse oh so i forgot there, about that. so i oh, um, got to hug her neck today so oh, that's, incredible that's amazing that's yeah. awesome wow. Golly. That is amazing. Um, yeah. And then you brought a little bit of tears to me and Eric's eyes. Yeah, yeah sure. I, sure. uh, I started tearing up too, and I was like, yeah. oh, no, 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 not the tears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to yeah. hold flow. that one back. Uh, um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I got to touch on Julie Brantley as well, and uh, she's amazing. She was my freshman algebra teacher and led me through student leadership and all that fun stuff. She's an amazing woman here in the district. She's done a lot for the district. Um, and she, you know, talk about the, the picture of positivity, you know. Oh, my. Uh, she, her husband, and yes, their Stephen. son are at so many events, and, you know, they're just oh, yeah. they're just so quick to give you a hug. And Good people. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, you know, you've already, just in the three years now that you've been superintendent, done so much for the district. I, I think I was reading you, you hired a – a district collegiate athletic coordinator to help students in athletics move on to, to college and, and go that route. You know, what are some things that you're working on in the future? Maybe some pet projects, little things that uh, uh, are going to affect the district in a big way, even though they're kind of small like that. So one of the things right now that is a dream and a dream is uh, it's just a goal, right, with the deadline. So we got to get to it. Yep. So one of the things I've been working with Mr. Alstron and we've been throwing things up against the wall on how would we design a fine arts academy that would really take our fine arts students to mm. the next level. Mm. One of the things we have in our future is our performing arts center that will be on our administration site. So really thinking about wow. how do we design around that and really make that a showcase, but how do we give our kids in the fine arts programs kind of the next level? 
And so he and I have been kind of uh, thinking about some things because, right, we provided this to our athletic program, but what are going to provide also to our fine arts program? And yeah. we have so many talented kids mm-hmm. in the area of fine arts. So even uh, when we were talking about the Performing Arts Center, how do we design that with like projectors on the outside of the Performing Arts Center Mm. and then that the stone and the masonry is like a white kind of cast stone. So then when people are coming up for those events at night, we can take the kids' artwork and project it. And so it becomes a showcase on the outside of the building. But then even going a step further, how do we go into the inside of the building and create a truly functioning art museum where we could hang our kids artwork where families could come and visit that he and I were talking about even like mom and me classes with piano and having a piano lab in the performing arts center so just really dreaming as big as we can possibly dream to really give our fine arts students that next level but also for our parents that are moving here that are not even here yet why would you choose Prosper ISD? And it has everything to do with what I said earlier. It's the programs that no one else has that's so next level that is going to provide this world-class experience to a child Mm -hmm. right here in Prosper, Texas. And if I think about growing up here, I would have told you there's no way, right? But now I get to be part of that dream, making those things happen. But that's something I'm really excited about. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there, but I know Mr. Alstron, and I have a feeling that it won't take long. <laughs> no, That's he's definitely awesome. a dynamo. And, yeah. and, you know, we are we are fortunate. You know, Prosper has seen Frisco bloom from where it's come from in the last 20 years. Mansfield ISD, even Denton ISD. So, you know, seeing what they're doing and, you know, being able to say, well, we could do that. Can we go a little bit bigger and better? You know, if the opportunities are there, why not take those chances? Will the administration building remain at that location, are we going to build a new administration building? I'm so just curious. So we have a site that's actually out on 380. It's near the Brook Hollow subdivision. Okay. And it actually is pretty cool because it has a pond on it. Because we've even talked about doing an outdoor learning center hmm. for our hmm. students, outdoor amphitheater, right, for our theater students, really trying to dream of what that site could be. But we have an actual location. Part of me, because I'm a little bit traditional it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to think about our original administration building and then what that becomes. So I've even thought, like, do we just gut this and kind of start over but keep the structure and the building there? And one of my favorite spaces in all of Prosper ISD is the gym at Admin. I mean, it is a throwback to the Hoosiers, (laughs) right? It's just it takes you back to a moment in time. So really dreaming, like, if we do that, like, and we build this new admin site, what can we do to connect our past to who we are now? And how yeah. do we take pieces from the administration building that's existing? Because we mm. would still use the facility, sure. but how do we kind of take some of those moments and then embed them mm. into yeah. the world that we have that will be this new build? Yeah. We're a little ways out because we have portables for uh, many of our <laughs> campuses right now. And until you can get yeah. ahead of that, it's really hard to justify building an administration building. When you Absolutely. have kids that can't get into their actual sure. facility sure. other than their lunch and things like that. So mm-hmm. we've got to get ahead of some of this growth before we can really start thinking about that administration. But it's down side. the road. It's 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 on the horizon somewhere. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because we're a little bit landlocked in that position there. But uh, we are. You know, we've seen that building go from just a, you know, prosper middle school. Well, you know, it would have been the high school itself for years, but 
school. the boys started was a middle <laughs> school, and then we added a band hall to that building. That yes. was that was big news back then, right? So, yeah. and and the even the awnings around there, um, <laughs> and our you know my boys painted that sign way back when. Kelly Green, which uh, I think oh, that was a big turning point. Yes. The Kelly to the Forest Green. I think once we painted that thing, Kelly Green, people were like, no, we've got to go to Forest Green. So yeah, uh, Prosper then switched their colors. <laughs> I'll thank that sign for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, looking around town here and looking at this beautiful picture window, you know, the, the in, in egress and, and getting in and out of the city has begun to get, I don't want to say harder and harder, but they're getting ready to open this tollway overpass up. I'm sure that's going to really help getting people in and out of the city, getting our buses to and fro. I mean, you know, what are we what are we thinking about how we expand and getting all these roads to sync mm. up with everything else? So that's uh, that's one of my projects right now, too. We we have a great relationship with the town of Prosper. And so Mayor Bristol and I have a lot of conversations about how do we manage just like Walnut Grove, trying to make sure that we get that project on the move to get that road in place so that our students and our staff can get in and out and our parents that are coming to and from. But um, really what I want to do, because now we're expanding so deep into Salina, because part of our district's in Salina, Frisco, McKinney, Prosper, parts of Aubrey, Denton. Mm, mm. So really how do we create kind of a metro chamber where we can all come together and really have a conversation and collaborate? Because I feel like yeah. we do a great job of communicating with the town of Prosper because that's kind of our, we share a name. But there's so many things that we need to be talking about with our other municipalities that we serve to better serve our students that live in those pockets across sure. the district. Sure. Yeah. And how do we kind of bring everybody to the table to have a, a metro meeting of all of the municipalities so that we can better serve? Yeah, yeah. and I know that's difficult to coordinate all of that. Even even this brand new overpass and the ex extension of uh, you know Frontier Parkway here has taken quite a while to get going. Now we're almost done, thank goodness, because... <laughs> We needed that uh, bridge to be done a, a long time ago, but now I think football Friday nights will be infinitely easier to get in and out of with that new highway in there. And you know, we always oh, yes. marvel at the traffic buildup, and we're like, "Oh gosh, they're going to miss the first half," type of thing. But <laughs> now we are going to be beyond that, which is very, very exciting. Lou, what yeah. else have we got? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, Prosper ISD, at least when I've been there. We've always had a huge culture of involving the parents, getting them into pep rallies and things like that. Um, what else do we do to involve parents? How do we go out there and get them to be involved with students and, and engaged and making sure their kids are having fun and all that stuff? So one of the things that we did, the pandemic obviously took us away from one another, and that was really hard. It, it took a toll on Prosper ISD because that's one of our shining stars is the involvement of our parents and being on our campuses and for different events and all of a sudden we found ourselves in a place where that our buildings just look so different than what we mm. had ever mm. seen as far as that involvement piece and so the prosper isd school board as we started coming out of the pandemic and really more involvement could start happening we thought about the number of parents and community members that we had lost being able to connect with them we had kids that mm. were learning virtual which meant we had never even met their mm -hmm. families before and so wow. they had a vision of the Prosper Promise, which was our ability to re-engage with our community and really show them what Prosper is all about. Hmm. So we have a, a whole list of opportunities for people to be able to come in and engage with us. We have campus tours. Those are actually coming up uh, February 22nd. Hmm. So they're awesome. uh, right here on the horizon next week. And so 
they actually, we do tours on all 21 campuses, and that's open to anyone. If you're thinking about moving to Prosper, mm, okay. if you're a grandparent and you want to come in to tour and see what's going on, we have Silver Stars, which is really kind of for our 65 plus, and we had them mm. last week, and they go in to actually see what our students are doing and what's happening on our campuses. Wow. I have a superintendent parent advisory, which is a phenomenal group of parents from across the district. Also, Dr. Bradley, our deputy superintendent, leads up Prosper University, and that's a, an organization mm. or a group for parents who are wanting to be school board members or they want to think about being a school board member. So it's kind of the training ground for those individuals to get engaged. Yeah. Our Family Resource Center at the Mayhard facility over on First Street, we have a lot of informational opportunities for our, our families with special needs on how do I navigate uh, the diet? How do I navigate the sibling who is typically developing and help get them engaged? Mm. So we have a ton of ways that our families can connect with us and we certainly encourage that. And then anytime we have any type of community events, we've got the Hope Walk coming up on March 25th. That's a community oh, event awesome. that we'll have here at the stadium and we want as many people who can come out, we want you here to be a part of what we're doing and they'll get to see our wow. kids firsthand work. because. Any chance we can give our kids to lead things, we're pushing them. Y'all go do it, right? And we'll <laughs> yeah. be mm -hmm. over here in the shadows making sure right. that you're supported at the highest level. Absolutely. But you let the community know what you're capable of doing. So, so many great things. But that gave us structure to community engagement. And that was one thing that we didn't have was a structure of how will we engage. Mm. And this really allowed us to dream the impossible dream. I went to our executive cabinet and said, hey, each one of you as a leader, you're going to engage with the community. So I want you to think about what is the one thing you want to connect with the community in and then come back to the table with that idea. Hmm. And each one of them yeah. did that. And so it's been really neat to see their work then come to life because there was no hmm. way as the superintendent that I could run, you know, 20 different <laughs> programs and then still have time to go out to see our kids and staff in action and so they really took that on, and it's been incredible to watch it grow. And we wow. refine it. We're like, okay, what do we need to do differently? One of the things I learned was staff advisory because a lot of our staff, they were getting into my parent groups, but they didn't have a voice. They'd stay pretty quiet in those groups. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, we've got to adjust. And so now we have a staff advisory, and that's been neat to see. I've added wow. an elementary uh, student advisory for mm. the superintendent, uh, middle school student advisory, and then certainly I have my high school group. So it's yeah. been, been neat to see. I will tell you with the high school group last week, they got pretty jazzed. <laughs> so what we're doing this year, they're kind of their final capstone project for their year with me is they've got to work in teams and they have to come up with a problem of practice, something that's going to improve the district. When we come back together on March 27th, they will present to a panel of education judges of what their problem of practice is and how they've worked through that. Hmm. Then there will be one lone finalist group, and that lone finalist will go out for a nice steak dinner with our Prosper ISD school wow. board to talk oh, about wow. their project and the changes that they want to see. So, of course, in Prosper fashion, what do our kids <laughs> ask? So are we going to like Capitol Grill? <laughs> are we going like to Perry's? Like, where are you taking us? Yeah, right, our course. kids don't go low budget. They're not like going. Hey, Texas are we Roadhouse. going? Are we going yeah. to Texas Roadhouse? No, they don't do that. They're no, like, of course not. In Capitol Grill, like, yeah, where are you taking us? Yeah. 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 Go big or go home. So. Our kids appreciate the culinary diversity we have in North Texas. So no, give they them do. that. It is the give mecca of restaurants, right? It really right, has right become. Here. So wasn't always that way. I mean, no. Sonic kicked it off many years ago. But 
<laughs> we have since uh, gone beyond that. A time so. or two, for sure. Well, I know we're getting short on time here, but I want to bring up one more one more thing that I know is, has really been a, a big program here in, in Prosper. And on Wednesdays, you know, people wear yellow for the Hope Squad. Tell us a little bit about that project, that program. So one of the single best things I've ever been involved in as an educator, because it's saving kids' lives, it's saving adults' lives as mm. well. So I guess it's been about five or six years ago. Um, heard about Hope Squad. It, the founder is in Utah. And so I went to the Prosper Education Foundation and I said, I've, I've got a dream and a wish and I need to take an administrator, a counselor and a kid magnet teacher from your campus. And I need to take them to Utah to get them trained on Hope Squad. Let's go figure this out. And so I took administrators at that time. We had Reynolds and Rogers mm -hmm. and we had PHS. So it was three different groups that I was able to take with me to Utah to learn about this great program. And we came back. It's a suicide prevention program, but it's also uh, there's a lot of kindness and understanding and tolerance, inclusivity hmm. of different people and really how do we help support and make the world a better place. So I uh, went up to Utah, heard the pitch, and I was thinking, gosh, how do we bring this back to the community and get the community to embrace it? And that was the easy part because our community really rallied around this. Our schools did. And what it's grown to now, it's phenomenal yeah. wow. um, when I see our kids in action and really the way that they're able to save lives. And although we think that sometimes social media is a downfall to society, I will say through <laughs> Hope Squad, social media is actually, it's a bonus. We've hmm. saved kids across the nation because our wow. kids are moving from across the nation and they've left their friends, but they're still connected to them through Snapchat, Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And our kids will get in this program and they start learning about mental health. They start learning about how to support people who are struggling and what are the signs and signals and what mm. people don't see is how many lives we have mm. saved. And, and it's at the hands of our kids and great advisors and counselors and administrators who are supporting these programs. And single best thing I think wow. we've done. Because uh, awesome. it truly has made the world a better place. And I've had kids that have come back from college and they'll grab me in Kroger and go, hey, Dr. Ferguson, I want to let you know I was a kid in Hope Squad and I was able to help my college roommate who was struggling. Wow. Right. So it, it has gone well beyond the city limits, the ISD limits. It has really Absolutely. had a profound impact. And mental health is a real thing, but it's a thing we just can't see. And we don't know when someone's yeah. struggling. Yeah. And so to be able to really help people through probably the darkest moments of their life and know that we've got kids out there that are an army that are able to go help their college roommate or mm. their family member. It's uh that's what this is all about. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, you, you have to you have to think that before the Hope Squads of the world came along, you know, it was, you know, you didn't know what the signs were necessarily, or even worse, you didn't know if you could jump in and say something, right? But I think this probably empowers kids and adults to be able to go, hey, you know, let's talk about yeah. it. Let's talk. It does. I've seen a shift in our parents just being able to be a principal in the district and uh, running into some of these dark moments with kids. And I think about those moments when I would bring the parents in to talk to them and I would hear things like, they're just being a dramatic teenager. This is ridiculous. Like, And then it would turn into discipline for the child, not from the school, but the parents, because mm -hmm. they were just 
they didn't really want to go through this, right? Because they were scared. It was fear. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And then now with the education and what Hope Squad has brought to our district and knowing that it's okay to talk and it's no longer taboo, I've seen a shift in our parents where there's more acceptance when their child is in this moment of them being more like, what can I do to help them? What resources do you have? What do I need to mm. know about this? And, and how can I best support my child? Rather than going to the, the theme of the dramatic teenager who's yeah. just being over the top sure. because they're not. It's it's a real thing. Yeah. And so really, how do Absolutely. we help support? And our police, our Prosper ISD police, play a huge role in it too. So when you think about the efforts and the amount of adults, staff members who are involved, uh, they are 24-7, 365. So even when we're on Thanksgiving break or our mm. holiday break, which are usually the times that I worry the most about our kids because I don't know really where they are, right? We're not yeah, going sure. to put our eyes on them each and every day. But our officers, if they get an outcry for mental health support, uh, they'll actually go to the home and they won't leave wow. the home until they've laid eyes on that kid to check on them to make sure they're okay. And it's because amazing. of social media, sometimes the parents don't even know the kid's struggling because it's all held within that phone yeah. of the struggles that are yeah. there, and they just don't they don't say anything to their parents because of fear of getting in trouble. But it gives us a chance yeah. to really help support that family. So wow. compassion, you know, is something that uh, this this world needs a little bit more of, and it feels like you know we're trying to address that right here, which is amazing. So yeah, that's awesome. As a parent, you know, that worries about their kids every day, right? <laughs> Lewis, I worry about you every day. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, it's important to know that there are, are ways to learn and teach people and recognize those things because, you know, you don't want somebody to to give up, you know, if, if they are not uh, doing what they think they have to do because there's a lot of pressure yeah. to be oh yeah, whatever it is you see on social media. I mean, Lord knows that's not reality generally so no but they uh, i mean our kids today are defined and it's uh 24 7 that social media platform never goes away and yeah. so you get to see the post that may not even be a real reality in their life but they've created this facade this mm. um, lack of reality and then our kids see it and think it is reality and then they feel like they're less than so how do we kind of work through those things and, and better support them it's, I, I will say, wow. even for me, because growing up in a certain period of time, you didn't talk about things like this, and it wasn't okay, and it, it was just being dramatic. And so I've learned so much on how to approach kids, um, staff members that now have opened up and will say things, and you know that they're struggling, but wow. I didn't know it before. So it's been powerful learning for a lot of people, including me. Wow. That's just one more amazing benefit of, uh, of our district and the things no you don't want to think about necessarily, but, uh, you know, are good that, that we are thinking about it. So absolutely, we've got to love that. Well, we only have a, a minute or two here left. We want to certainly, you know, is there anything that we did not ask you that you wanted to make sure you got out on the table today? I don't know if there's... Well, I think I would just like to say how blessed I am to be the superintendent. I know that a lot of people walk up to me and they usually say... I'm praying for you. I don't know how you do this job, <laughs> but I will tell you the the kids, the staff, so many incredible parents in this district, just like you and Sharon, Eric, incredible people. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget how many blessings mm. we have in mm. front of us on a daily basis. And so I just want to remind everyone to see the good in the world because we are pretty fortunate 
uh, actually really fortunate in Prosper, Texas. I know what happens uh, across the state because I'm connected to a lot of different superintendents. This is a very special place with a lot of special people. And I think we need to hold on to that and really just lift one another up to, to really remind everyone the gift that we've been given because we landed in such an incredible place. Well, and, and to wrap up on that note, I mean, it certainly you know, wasn't a seed that was planted that made that happen. It was the people that made that happen. Absolutely. Oh, yes. You know, it's, it's only getting better, and we're happy we're here. No we can't wait to get even more people here to see what, what a great place this is to, to raise your family. And, you know, we exactly. love having you on today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know no, thank you. how busy I, you are. I get are. to see two of my favorite people. <laughs> this I just wish amazing. Sharon was here. I know, yeah. I yep. know. <laughs> we should have had her jump in on that as well. No, yeah. Well, we'll uh, let Lewis sign us out of here, and uh, we'll get you off to your next, I'm sure, event here in the next 15 minutes. Oh, yes. yeah, I'm sure and, you're running uh, around. We're going to catch back up with you here down the road as soon as we get a few more schools on the ground and we can talk about all those great things. So Lou, okay. no doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, thank you for listening to all, all our listeners out there. If you want to say anything, give us a comment, give us a like. And other than that, this has been an amazing conversation with Dr. Holly Ferguson, the superintendent here in Prosper and just a little taste of life here in North Dallas.